0: Welcome to the Go-to Wellness Pro podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you strategically grow a thriving and profitable health business online. Each week, we dive into new topics surrounding design and tech so that you can take action and have a brand and business you're super confident in. I'm your host, Julie Ralston, and the owner of Jules Design, a website design studio who helps ambitious wellness pros and holistic business owners grow their brands through intentional design. To learn more about working with me, head to JulesDesign.co. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Go-to Wellness Pro podcast. You're listening to episode 43. And this week I'm chatting with Lynn Fairs, who's a holistic nutritionist and co-owner of the Holistic Nutrition Hub. And for those of you who might not be familiar with the Holistic Nutrition Hub, it's actually an online consulting platform And it will help you gain a professional edge with your nutrition business. So it really helps to provide up-to-date strategies, resources, and tools to run a better practice and save you time to help provide a better experience for your clients. So that's just a little bit about the Holistic Nutrition Hub and Lynn. But today, on today's episode, Lynn's sharing all of her business tips and advice for those who are currently either in the midst of launching their holistic nutrition business or about to launch, you know, maybe you're in school or you're (laughs) totally going for it right now and launching your business. But on today's episode, she covers the top five crucial steps to take when starting your business. So we cover all of those and really dive into them in more detail. So again, if you're just getting started with your business, this episode is definitely going to help you out. And it doesn't matter if you're a holistic nutritionist or any kind of health, wellness or fitness expert, this uh, podcast is really going to be for you. So I hope that it will help you to launch your business. And speaking of launching, I do want to mention, and we we talk about this at the end of the episode, but I'll mention it here too. Lynn and the Holistic Nutrition Hub just created a completely free course um, called the nutrition business essentials and this is really helpful for up-and-coming nutrition professionals who want to kickstart their nutrition business i actually made a video for the course so i would love it if you go and check it out but if you are just getting started this is an awesome (laughs) resource and like i said it is completely free right now looking at it, it has 10 lessons in it There's topics about goal setting, finding your niche, which is something I'm always talking about on this podcast and how important that is, Um, coaching versus consulting, how to gain experience as a holistic nutritionist, networking ideas, social media marketing, which is where I actually created a video, so make sure you check that one out about uh, what you should include on your website for those of you just getting started. But yes, definitely check that out if you are wanting a little bit more information and are just getting started as nutritionist because it's going to be a really helpful resource. And I will make sure to link that up in the show notes for today's episode. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's podcast episode and conversation with Lynn, where again, she's covering those top five crucial steps to take when just starting your business. Welcome to the Go-to wellness Pro podcast, Lynn. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk all about the top five crucial steps to take when starting your health and wellness business.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, well, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today because I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are really just starting their businesses or maybe are still in school and will be starting soon or maybe they're even at a different job and sort of daydreaming about starting their own business. Um, And it can definitely be a little tricky to know exactly what steps to take, what to have in place before um, going full time or just starting. And it can feel really overwhelming, I'm sure at times. So I'm really glad that you're here to kind of clear up all of that confusion. But before we get started, um, could you tell listeners just a little bit more about yourself and how you got started working with holistic nutritionists and wellness professionals?
1: Yeah, For sure. I'd be happy to kind of clarify that. So I kind of have to go back. I'm going to do the long version of my, of my intro. It's not that long, but, um, (laughs) I do have to go back a bit. So, um, my background's actually in business administration and, um, a lot of business management roles, you know, I I hate to say this as a holistic nutritionist, but I was an assistant manager at McDonald's, you know, when I was 16. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, as much as I hate their food, it really drilled the customer service into my routine in business management as I kind of moved forward. And I was lucky enough to kind of work in marketing and advertisement for a whole food store. And also, again, I hate to say it, this was before my holistic nutrition days, but um, I worked in car sales and did advertisement um, for a car business actually. So I learned (laughs) quite a bit about you know, advertising on the internet and what would grab people's attention and wording and, and how to kind of get people to, well, not only come in, but to, to buy. And that's really the, the tricky part now that we have like the internet and all of those things, um, Mm -hmm. our competition is pretty fierce. Um, but what happened was through my own health journey, um, when I was on mat leave with my third son, I was really digging into nutrition because I got random eczema and was coming up with some of these health challenges. And so I was getting into like the paleo diet and wanting to know more Mm -hmm. about uh, nutrition and whatnot. And that ended up with my entrepreneur soul kind of going into what everybody kind of thinks that they need to do as a nutritionist. And that's to go into consulting so i started a consulting business and um left my like administration day jobs and all of that stuff and i really enjoyed it i loved consulting but i was really overwhelmed with the administrative tasks that were Um, kind of put in place for us and ingrained in us in school, you know, to send out all this paperwork and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, your client would have to print it off and then fill it out and then scan it back in and then (laughs) email it over to you. And then you could like either print it off again or, um, you know, save it on your computer. And that's like, wow, if somebody doesn't have like an administration background or know how to use excel or word or whatever it is back then that's what i was using canva didn't exist at that time Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and so i as a as like a professional person who had been in administration for you know 15 years was feeling overwhelmed with all of these tasks i felt um, that something had to be done so i actually dreamt one night of the holistic nutrition hub and it was really a place for holistic nutritionists to come together um, to collaborate to have free resources to be able to build their business um, to do it with a level of professionalism and you know sustainability as well in terms of how much paper we were using and the amount of time it took for clients to fill out the forms and all of that stuff so just you know to get clients to actually want to do all of that work with you um, you kind of have to make it easy on them and so it was totally a dream that i had one day and um yeah so i convinced my husband to (laughs) to um hire some developers which we had a little bit of a hiccup with and um we ended up cutting ties with them and my husband who is a personal trainer actually built our entire website from scratch oh uh, wow yeah, using WordPress. So it's um, quite the feat that he's done. And it's a really amazing thing. But that's, um, that's the the gist of it. It's like, it was a dream one day due to the fact that I realized that this was missing, even though I took a business course in school and, and whatnot, it didn't tell me anything about running a business.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> cool. Know? I love that story that you just like, dreamt it up one day, and then you brought it to life. Like, That's amazing that you did that. And yeah, you found like a need for something, something that was missing in the industry and you've really made it a lot easier
1: for those in nutrition now to
0: kind of streamline their business.
1: Yeah. I'm, um, I'm definitely super excited to have, uh, you know, everything that's coming to fruition actually happen for all of those people who, you know, have been following us for the over five years now that we've been in business. So it's, um, Yeah, it's really nice to see it all come to life and be able to share my journey with people and hopefully inspire others to continue on their entrepreneurship uh, and business creation.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I appreciate
1: it. Thanks.
0: Well, okay, let's go ahead and get started talking about the five steps to take when launching your business, because I know that's really exciting and I (laughs) want to jump into it. So I guess, Lynn, what is the first thing you recommend getting started with?
1: Yeah. So like I said, or like you said, we're going to talk about five of the main tips um, when starting your business. And these are really, I think the top five that you can do to just get going and um, make sure that you are kind of hitting the basics that are the most important. So number one is insurance. Uh, There's nothing that I recommend more in your business and that's just simply because of risk prevention um, you know there's so many things that can happen that you maybe don't think of it can be anything from writing a blog uh, on the internet and having somebody try your recommendations unless you have a disclaimer at the bottom of course Um, and then coming after you saying that it didn't work or it caused harm to them Mm. Um, but it can also mean you know like when you're consulting in somebody else's building and you're renting you know it can save you from any liability there as well so What's really important, I think, is just having the basic insurance to cover you for liability and then also for anything that you're renting. Um, because if somebody sues you, ultimately, depending on the structure of your business, you can lose, um, it sounds terrible and dark, but it's really important, um, is, you know, you can lose your house and, and all of those things in the process. Right. Uh, so if you're set up in a certain way, you know, you can be protected through, um, say, an incorporation or whatever. But if you're a sole proprietor, which most of us are when we start out, depending on the type of business, um, insurance is number one for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And something that I think a lot of people miss when they're starting their business, they get so excited to jump into kind of the more, I guess, fun things that they end up missing something crucial like insurance and liability insurance. Um, So how does somebody go about setting that up? Because that... I'm just not really too familiar with the process.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, there's lots of companies that will offer insurance. Usually your institution that you go to school with will have um, companies that they recommend, or if you're part of an association that you've signed up, they often recommend a company or have a discount as well. And um, so generally just check and see if they do. And if not, you can pretty much go to any insurance broker and say, this is the type of business that I'm setting up. This is what I'm going to be doing. And they'll be able to give you, um, a quote and just tell you how much it's going to be per year. And it really depends on where you're going. Um, unfortunately I know the Canadian market better than the American market, mm-hmm. but, um, I recommend Lachner McLellan in, uh, No, I said that wrong. Lackner McLennan in um, Ontario. And I'm not sure if they cover people in the States or not, but I think it's worldwide. Um, And they're relatively cheap, but they cover lots of modalities within the wellness sphere, you know, yoga, Reiki, crystal healing, if you want to go that far. Um, So that's really, and it's really not expensive, you know, like the amount of money that you're going to spend, if something does happen, will come back in a lot of ways otherwise.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a really good point to make. I think definitely insurance is maybe the first thing you should even set up just so that you know that you're protected
1: as soon as you are starting your business and really getting into helping people. A 100%. It just gives you that ease of mind, you know, that you can just go into it and that you're protected for sure.
0: Yeah. Because like you said, a lot of people will start even just writing blog posts or something and maybe they're not Uh, maybe they're just kind of side hustling or something like that. But if you're writing those blog posts and people take that advice that that can already not protect you if you don't
1: have insurance. So good to set that up early. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the number one thing that I tell people when they come out of school. Well, other than the other four tips, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's for sure. Like if somebody ever asks, like, or says, Oh, I haven't done it. I've never had insurance. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm sorry. That's really not a great idea. <laughs> <Right>. yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Well get insurance. So what is the, the second thing that somebody should start setting up?
1: Um, I really think that the name is going to be your second priority. And that's because anything after this kind of requires you to have a name. So Mm -hmm. your name is really dependent on the type of business, at least in Canada, I know it, whether you're going to be a sole proprietor or an incorporation. So how you name the business, Um, there can be legalities on um, what characters you can use, what names you can use, how a business needs to be named based on the structure of your business. So that's kind of first step is kind of figuring out, are you a sole proprietor or do Mm -hmm. you need to incorporate? That's going to be for somebody who, you know, is selling a product perhaps, or, you know, a food product Um, An incorporation would be a better option there. Um, If you are going to be Um, selling a service versus selling a product, I think that you really need to hone in on that as well. Because if you're going to be selling your services as a sole proprietor, I'm going to use that uh, moving forward because most of um, nutritionists or wellness professionals will most likely go that route. Mm -hmm. Um, But having the type of business kind of down pat um, will really help you name the business based on um, a service or a product. So you wouldn't want to name your product, you know, Lynn Fair's hand cream. That would be, (laughs) that would be just a little bizarre, you know, but if you're selling a service as yourself, like your story and who you are and, um, Mm -hmm. personal brand, exactly. Then I recommend your name being your name. Um, or, you know, something that resonates with you along those lines. Yeah. So that's kind of something to think about there. Um, and then lastly, just remembering like, what is your, why, what is your story and like, what resonates with you? Like I mentioned quickly, um, because this is really going to help you sell your brand, sell who you are, sell everything that you want to get across to these people. Um, and it's also going to help them remember who you are. So, um, you know, if somebody knows you, Lynn Fairs RHN, uh, it's best to, you know, perhaps use your your name because then people are going to find you. They're going to search Lynn Fairs on the internet and bam, your company's going to come up it, mm-hmm. or maybe another Lynn Fairs somewhere else. But um, it kind of sets you apart in, in a way that is much clearer. Um, when you're naming a, a company or a business and you're using, you know, a word that, is made up or something like that, or you've just come up with it like, um, let's see, I use Prepped with Love, um, is one of my company names back in Vancouver. And um, so just making sure that you do your research on the name that you choose as well. So checking social media platforms, websites, Googling it. um, And then the last step would be to check the registration um, of companies in your local area. So in Canada, each province kind of has their own little, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for, administration body who controls the naming of of businesses. And so just making sure that all of those things, you've researched well enough the name that you pick so that you're not coming up against um, infringement on somebody else's uh, business and competing that way.
0: Right. And we have something similar in the U.S. where you... Um, you know, again, you want to search like the domains and check all of that stuff, but then also making sure that the, that you, then you can actually legally register the name too, as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause there are regulations on how to name them. They want to check that you've named your business correctly. And there's, um, just those little legalities that are, or technicalities, I should call them, um, that are needed.
0: Right. So I know I used um, LegalZoom when I was setting up my like trademark and registration. Did you Did you use anything in particular as a tool, or did you go with a lawyer?
1: Yeah, we actually for the holistic nutrition hub we're incorporated, so we used a lawyer um, just because okay. I wanted it done correctly. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, as sole proprietor is much easier in my. I wouldn't say it's much easier to set up. It's just paperwork and it's different paperwork, but I didn't understand the process as well. So we took the step of hiring a lawyer just so that we could really understand, you know, what an incorporation was, how it worked. Um, and also to separate us, um, legally from the brand itself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure that is a lot more complicated than going the sole proprietor route for my business. I've been a sole proprietor and then I did change over to, um, like a, I guess an individual LLC LLC, or a sole, maybe it's still a sole proprietor LLC. I can't remember the wording exactly. Clearly I'm not a lawyer. But <laughs> um, it's basically like a solo LLC um, to offer yeah. a little bit more protection legally. But yeah. um, yes, I used... Uh, I actually just filled out the paperwork for that in the U S it wasn't too difficult to do those types of things. And then I used LegalZoom for some help with actually getting like a registered trademark for my business name. So if you want to do something like that, I know that can be really helpful or working with a lawyer.
1: For sure. And like you said, like sole proprietorship set up, I think like in Canada or in BC, at least when I did it, and this was a couple of years ago was, you know, like $35 and um I had to send in one form and then they sent me back being like, "Yep, that's your name." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the kind of was here too. <laughs> yeah. Um I do want to point out something though and this is relevant again in Canada but maybe something for people in the US to think about too is that just because you register your name with that governing body or that um that administrative body it doesn't mean that you're registered with the government for tax programs though. Mm-hmm. So you have to make the differentiation, I think, and this is something that maybe people don't recognize. At least I didn't when I was first starting out was that registering your, your business name with the, the provincial or the state doesn't necessarily mean that you've set up for your GST account or, you know, if you have employees and the tax accounts that go along with, um, I'm assuming the IRS and the CRA. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's just something to keep in mind as well is, um, I don't know, what's the the limit for you guys in the States in terms of how much you need to make before you start paying taxes?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think it actually... Is different for each state. For each state, I'm pretty sure. So I don't want to give like advice on that. I think I'm from Virginia, but I think it was like a thousand dollars in Virginia or something. Um, But there's different like levels depending on how much you make on the amount of taxes you pay.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's true for Canada too. I mean, in Canada, you don't have to register for a tax account until you reach um, thirty thousand Canadian. Oh. you still have to pay taxes, but you don't have to pay you don't have to collect and remit GST
0: oh okay, interesting yeah I
1: yeah. think we
0: do have something with a thirty thousand dollar limit as well. I think it was the business license fee, but again, that might just be for Virginia. I think it is different everywhere
1: yeah, and that's one reason why I'm kind of trying to keep this as blank as possible because it's the same in Canada provincial regulations are different than like the federal ones, and so it's always good to like actually hop into like the city where you work Mm -hmm. or you know check a have a checklist that you know is relevant i have a checklist available um you know that ticks off all of these things and you know you may have to go do some digging on your area but it should give you a guideline of at least of where to to um start
0: right the things to actually look into in your area and make sure make sure that you're covered And then another thing you mentioned when you were talking about the registration and name is coming up with your story and your why. So could you go into a little bit more about how somebody can go about coming up with their why and their story? Because I know that can be a little bit challenging, especially um, your why more so. Like, what what does that mean?
1: Yeah, your why. Um, Your why is really why you're doing this. Why are you becoming an entrepreneur? Um, because I think in order for you to be an entrepreneur and to stay on task, um, I'm going to say that entrepreneurship is hard and it's not something that is really talked a lot about, um. In the industry, because what we see on social media is everything that is good. And that's the same with, you know, personally speaking or in business and really remembering why you got into nutrition in the first place or why you got into your wellness practice in the first place is so key to having that fire under your mm-hmm. butt to continue forward. Um, you know, whenever you hit the road bumps, the why, you're going to be like, why, you're going to say, why is this happening to me? And man, this sucks. And this is horrible. And I don't know why I ever started this. But if you <laughs> can look back and go, this is why, um, it really helps you, yeah, just stay on track. And then it also helps you build your story. Um, mm-hmm. Because often we get into a specific niche or, you um, I like to call it a calling. Um, sometimes, you know, your calling, sometimes you go into school, you've got your calling, you know exactly what you're going to be doing. You're already kind of doing it. You just want that certification and then you're just going to hit the ground running when you get right. out. But some other people just go to school, you know, because, um, I don't know. I met students when I was instructing who were in school for retraining because they got injured on a job or um, their parents wanted them to go to university or college and, and get some kind of certification under their butt. Yeah. So, and they're just interested in it or something. So they picked pers- it. <laughs> exactly. So they're like, oh, well, that'll be good enough. And now yeah. they kind of have this pressure of going into a business that they weren't really ready for. So before I kind of touch on like building your story and all of those things, because I think it's important um, for us entrepreneurs, but to say that it's okay, first of all, to not be an entrepreneur. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, like if you get out of nutrition school and you're like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. Get me out of (laughs) here. You know, find something in the wellness sphere that resonates with you. Go and work in a health food store, go work in a supplement store, do something where you're not the boss. If you know that your why is not to help all the people that you possibly can through nutrition Um, but you still want to work in this field you know find something that does resonate with you make a food product uh, whatever it is but Mm -hmm. that's kind of um, an important thing to look at before you start a business because if you aren't clear on your why and you aren't clear on your story you know whether like for me my story is really long but it's um, you know, it was for my own health purposes. Um, and now it's like all my, all my life is the work that I'm doing. And so I feel like mine was more of a calling and that really helps me, you know, hone into other holistic nutritionists' pain points and, and making sure that I'm able to give them exactly what they're, they're needing to solve those problems. And that's really what you're, um, putting out there in the nutrition world as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And I like your point that you don't have to be an entrepreneur, because I know there can be a lot of pressure for that. um, When you're coming out of school, and you're like, Oh, what should I do? Maybe I'll just start my own business. Um, But if you're not really clear on why you want to start your own business, then it can be hard to end up growing the business and actually building that connection with who will become your ideal client.
1: Precisely. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I find where people get stuck and they end up in the like paralysis of um, of what to do.
0: Yeah. And they end up kind of just becoming generalists almost and sort of helping everybody, which ends up kind of helping nobody because you can't really specify who your ideal client is.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you're kind of just going all over the place and that does, it, it does make it really difficult. And I always think like it's better if you're really not sure what you're doing to take that route of going out and starting somewhere else um, because you build your network in a way um, that way too and you get mm-hmm. to meet people doing loads of different things and get ideas and um, inspiration from other people and maybe your story comes to you and it's just not, uh, it hasn't resonated with you yet.
0: Right. It just might come to you a little bit later. I think that's a Precisely. really good point. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be right out of school. Like it can happen later too. It's not like you can't change things around as you you know get a little older and change exactly. careers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: I didn't like. I mean, okay, maybe I did know I was going to be an entrepreneur from a young age. I had like a lemonade stand with my brother when I was like ten. Yeah, but um, and he's like <laughs> he's like a big CEO of a company now too. And so I feel like That's him so and I funny. had have taken these routes, but my, our parents were entrepreneurs. It's kind of in our blood, right? Like, Same.
0: yeah, my parents, uh, too, or my mom worked for like a family business. And then my dad was an entrepreneur. So I think I just kind of always thought that's what I was going to do. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, like I said, I, I knew I wanted to work on my own and I knew, I always climbed up the ladder to like, look at your traits, right? Like, if you are working jobs for people and you quickly climb up the ladder of like seniority at those businesses, Mm -hmm. it shows that you, you could have the entrepreneur like drive or um, you know, some of the tools that are actually necessary to, you know, work on your own. So, um, but if you're like a shy person who, you know, doesn't really feel like putting themselves on video or anything yes, you can do it and you, you could break through those um, issues if you really want to, but yes, if, it's you really can. Just not, if it's really just not for you, um, you know, it's okay to realize that too. Just like I've realized I can't ever work for another person again.
0: Yes, um, that's exactly how I am too. Um, I, I really struggle working for other people, but I'm doing it. I just kind of, I want to be the boss. I, don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah, it's hard <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, moving on, I guess, to the third item.
1: Yeah. um, Third banking. Um, I don't say that this is super important, but I do think there's a benefit to setting up a a bank account of your own. It's it's really a quick one to touch on, but um, banking is really important. Most of the time you can have your personal account attached to your business. Um, But it depends on the type of business that you have. Again, an incorporation is going to need a bank account, whereas a sole proprietor, you can still use your personal account, at least in Canada.
0: It's the same Uh, here too in the US. You can do, yeah, you can kind of pick, you can do business bank account or your personal account for a sole proprietor.
1: Right. Okay, perfect. So essentially, the re- reason that I recommend getting your own bank account for your business is, well, there's a few points. First of all, it's credibility. Um, the last thing you want to do is send an invoice off to a client who knows your brand as, um, let's say, Holistic Nutrition Hub, but then you send an invoice and say, please make checks out to Lynn Fairs. Mm-hmm. Um, you want it to be able to have them make a checkout to the Holistic Nutrition Hub. um, So that, yes, they're seeing your name again and they're just reinforcing that in their brain, but it also makes for easier bookkeeping. Um, So it will allow you to track your expenses better and the income coming into your business. And um, if you are not doing your own accounting, um, it'll just make life easier for your accountant at that point as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: really, really a level of professionalism, not only with your clients, but also with other professionals that you could be working with when you're first starting out. And then the last point on the banking is, um, depending on the bank that you go up, uh, go with, um, when I started, uh, both my businesses in Vancouver, I chose to go out, uh, with a cooperative bank or like, um, uh, community bank. And, um, the reason that I did that was that they offered a lot of support for entrepreneurs and small businesses. So they had, you know, um, what was it called? A uh, display for a person each week who was running their own business and you could mm-hmm. put out your flyers and all of that stuff. And then they also, you know, could help you with loans and other experts that are within the banking um, realm. You know, there's bank managers that can help you with understanding certain technicalities of setting up a business. And then this community bank actually had, you know, experts coming in from other fields. So lawyers, um, insurance brokers, that kind of thing, so that you could be connected with those, um, kind of crucial professionals that are going to help make your business run smoothly. So, um, trying to look for a bank that, you know, resonates with who you are and what your brand is and, um, kind of what you're doing within the community, I think is another important point to make.
0: That is a really good point, And it's a lot, um, you can really build that connection and that network a lot easier than maybe going with like one of the bigger, more corporate sort of banks. Um, Yeah. yeah, Cause I ended up going with sort of like a bigger corporate bank um, and looked for like online banking just to make things easy on myself. But um, I'm not actually that happy with them (laughs) to be honest. So yeah. So I might actually look into something like that here too in the U S cause you can't get a lot more support when you, you go that way.
1: Well, and it feels just a little bit more personal too, and, and their prices are generally cheaper as well. And so when you're first starting out, like getting all, okay, this sounds really bad, but getting all the free help that you can is, is so important and building the network as much as you can. So when mm-hmm. you're you're getting introduced to, you know, quality professionals too, like, you know, you're not getting the runaround, you know, that um, they just really have the best interests in heart, you know, for you because... If they're if they're good to you, their business is going to be good for them, right? So
0: right, yeah, exactly, and and also they've got that support specifically for small businesses too. So that's precisely, really yeah. And okay, then, well, yeah, banking's very important. So I yeah, guess, for what's sure. the next thing? Unless you have something else to say about banking?
1: <laughs> no, just... that's it. Banking, okay. um, you know, there's not, you know, it's about responsibility. So as long as you're a responsible adult, I think. Um, yeah, very banking. asks. The banking aspect should be pretty obvious, but, um, you know, if you have no idea about anything in business, then um, it's, yeah, it's something we have to talk about.
0: Yeah. And I know working with an accountant can also be really helpful if you're not great with numbers, for sure, um, with keeping things organized, um, moving forward
1: too with your business. For sure. Or at least watching a demonstration of how somebody, you know, tracks their business accounts Mm -hmm. and how you know, certain platforms can make that really easy for you if you want to spend the money. But um, I found that for the first year of business or two, an Excel spreadsheet was all I really needed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. I mostly did that too at the beginning and especially for like taxes and things like that, just making sure that I'm staying, you know, up to date with, everything that's coming in all of my expenses and just kind of keeping that all balanced I think um another one you can use that does have a free version is wave accounting that could be a helpful Mm. tool too to somebody listening if they're looking for something to sort of track everything coming in it could be really helpful
1: yeah QuickBooks is pretty good too I think they've got some pretty reasonable prices and it's pretty easy to use and then, what else did I use? I think QuickBooks, honestly, is the one that I tend to recommend a lot if you're going to go with an accounting software. But I mean, even the payment systems that are coming out now, like Stripe and PayPal, and um, right, you know, they have pretty good ways of tracking what you've brought in and and signups and all of those things too. So yeah, um, it it just depends, I think, on what type of business you're running. You know, depending on if you have inventory and that kind of thing, an accounting system might be beneficial to have to Mm -hmm. track, um, you know, refunds and all of that stuff and inventory and whatever, all the things that go along with a business. But, um, (laughs) but, um, you know, if you're just going to be working part-time as a consultant or part-time as a coach, you know, um, yeah, just checking in and doing an Excel spreadsheet is probably easier for sure.
0: Okay. So I guess moving right along, what is the fourth, um, item that somebody should set up?
1: I'm going to say social media. Okay. Um, Now, this is really, I don't know, it's a hard topic to talk about because (laughs) there are so many social media platforms. Um, So I'm going to be kind of broad about it and just say, first of all, that social media is really part of market research and which one you choose should really be decided when you're kind of figuring out your niche and your target market, I feel. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you feel differently about this, but...
0: Yes, I totally do, and let's talk a little bit about market research since that's yes. uh, kind of what you brought up. Um, yes, I think you should definitely pick your social media platform or maybe a few social media platforms based on where your audience is hanging out.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent agree with you, and. Um, We know for instance that Facebook and Instagram targets our holistic nutrition market from age 25 to age 40 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's the target market that we're hitting. And so we tend at the holistic nutrition hub to kind of hang out there. And we use our blog obviously a lot too to drive traffic to our website that's coming later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, it's really something that you should be researching before time, um, before time, ahead of time. (laughs) Um, So it's going to depend on the type of business that you have. Um, You know, if you are more of a professional working in a clinical kind of sense, I would say go with LinkedIn so that you can be writing articles and be connecting with, you know, naturopaths and going up that route. Okay, Um, that's a good point. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit more of a professional platform to kind of communicate between professionals so I definitely think you should be on there but it's not necessarily where you want to be spending most of your time Um, however if you're going to be like coaching or consulting or having a food business you know Instagram is still pretty good again but if that's your target market I think um, I don't know what the stats are but I feel like Instagram's kind of going for people our age now, Julie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, late 20s, um, early 30s. um, And now we're moving into things like TikTok. And as the algorithms change and we age, we're like, oh, TikTok's for 12 year olds. You know, (laughs) but that's like um, super younger, a
0: little bit younger. Yes. 100%.
1: 100%. I don't know if you ever listened to Gary Vee. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he hop- has hopped on to like, he started making like videos like years ago, you know, and everybody probably and using email marketing and all of those things. And um, that was kind of like before it was a thing. And right. now look at where YouTube is. And so when we look at, you know, TikTok or all of these other kind of, Sean's the one who stays on top of these things, just so you know, at the hub and talks (laughs) about them. So I'm really just relaying information that I've heard him say a million times. Um, As the algorithms change, it can be hard to keep up with, you know, 10 social media platforms. If you have, you know, LinkedIn, and then Twitter, and then Instagram, and then YouTube, and, so really, it seems what like they change
0: constantly.
1: A hundred percent. So you, there's no way that you can do all of those well, right? Mm-hmm. So really, like pick the platform where your people are at. You know, like do that. But also just make sure that you don't overwhelm yourself with too much posting on many many platforms. Like pick two or three, do them super well um it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have you know linkedin or another platform but just making sure that you are putting out quality content where your people are sitting
0: right kind of making that that platform the priority one or two yeah. of them
1: i would say yeah exactly and yeah. then last lastly on um social media i want to just say you know start it before you finish school um start it before you're ready uh because I think building a small following, even at the beginning, if you don't know exactly what your niche is going to be, you can share anything that you're learning in school recipes. And even as it develops, you know, that's part of your story. That's part of your journey and Mm -hmm. how you've um, kind of come to be in the position that you are now. And so I don't think it's bad to start, um, you know, even under your personal name, like Lynn Fair's soon to be RHN, um, mm-hmm. you know, tips and tricks for the, well, we'll use busy moms because we did that on our other podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, <laughs> you example. know, just, just getting the following going because that when you have that set up, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to get going full speed ahead. Um, and not worry so much about building that when you're first starting out.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And it's sort of like a good idea, like you said, to get started before you're ready, because you're going to kind of start doing that in business a lot. <laughs> almost, <Yes. laughs> You're going to want to launch things like before you're hundred percent ready and keep growing and pushing yourself kind of to, to try new things. So you might as well just start with social media and get started with that. And maybe before you're feeling a hundred percent comfortable with it, just go ahead and get started. And as you continue to do it, you're going to get better and better at social media and be able to connect with your audience more and more.
1: A hundred percent. And like, if you really don't know what you're doing on social media, find somebody who is doing something that you would like to do and mimic them. It sounds really bad, but that's how we learn. Um, right. It's like using them as a teacher almost. So right, you know, don't just
0: copy them, but actually, like
1: thank you. In, be inspired by them. <laughs> yeah, it's precisely. A <laughs> thank you. Thanks for clarifying that very important word. Don't don't plagiarize, guys. Bad idea. Right. Um, Which I know is not
0: what you were saying at all. I just yeah, to I <laughs> um,
1: But yes, exactly. Like just use them for inspiration. See what they're doing. Get creative ideas, um, you know, look at the pattern that they're using. And it's also a great way to start your market research before you're done school. You know, like if you're putting posts out and you can look at the insights on your Instagram or, or, um, on your Facebook page or your group or whatever it is, um, you'll start to see what topics really engage your audience and Mm -hmm. be able to really, um, push those a bit more. And so it kind of just ticks one of those boxes off, well, two or three of those boxes, you know, learning how to, design, you know, stuff to go out, out on Instagram, when to post and all of that stuff, um, that comes along with, yeah, just diving into the business. So just don't wait. <laughs> yeah. It really ties
0: into that market research too, from the beginning, cause you're getting to know your audience and seeing what they're interacting with and liking. Um, I know another great thing to do on social media is just to like, ask your audience what they want. Um, what they're looking 100%. for, and you can make those types of things. Like, you can make your first PDF opt in type of thing based on what your audience is really looking for and helping them.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to be that. That's another thing is like you don't have to be a, a holistic nutritionist um, or registered holistic nutritionist as long as the people know. Um, that you are still a student and they're just volunteering. If there's no money transaction and they know mm-hmm. that you're a student, you can test, you know, with your friends and family or your products and services that maybe you're thinking of putting together. You can ask them, you know, what's their like top five biggest questions, or put out a poll on Facebook, and then you know, kind of just start doing those things before you're even um, finished, and it just gives you that extra little boost um, once you are done. Yes,
0: completely agree.
1: And I love
0: that you suggest doing that too, before you actually graduate. I
1: think that's I think a it's the idea. number, I think it's honestly, um, the number one mistake people make, uh, when they are going into a practice-based business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They kind of wait till they've already launched everything, um, before they start on social media. It's like, oh, well, I'll start after I, you know, create my website and have my first client and do all this thing because these things, because, you know, what do I have to post about until I have my first client or before I'm allowed to start working with people, but you have yeah, so exactly. much to post about. The reality. Right, exactly. <laughs> or else
1: you, you wouldn't be doing this job or going into this field if you didn't have a whole bunch to talk about. And so that's kind of something that's beautiful about nutrition too, is that you can make it whatever you want. You know, like I followed somebody the other day, um, And she's making a retreat center with a food forest.
0: Oh, wow. So,
1: yeah. So she's creating this food forest at this retreat center with her family. And I thought that was just such a unique way of bringing nutrition to the masses. And it's... It's it's such a cool idea. It was like Food Force is awesome. I used to be um, <laughs> an, eco nutrition instructor at CSNN um, for nutrition in uh, Vancouver. So it's kind of like a my it's my topic. But um, yeah, I thought it was such a beautiful way of bringing it to the masses. And and so you know, thinking outside the box can be really beneficial. And looking at what everybody else is doing too.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. And I love that you shared that. What a, what a neat story to through food forest.
1: I love that. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, anything else I guess on social media before we move on to the last thing?
1: Those are kind of the main things I think for the, the starter uppers for okay. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we can move on to the last thing, which is website. Um, uh-huh. is it necessary? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it is. Um, I think there's different trains of thoughts on when you need a website versus mm-hmm. when you don't need a website. So I'm going to ask you do what different your opinions for sure. Yeah, for sure. What's your opinion? I'm interested in hearing. Um, well, I think you should have a
0: website when when you get started. I don't necessarily think you need to have it in place before you graduate. I think this is maybe something you could do after you graduate and you're wanting to kind of move into that professional realm. That being said, I don't think that you need to have um, maybe a custom designed website. So I design a lot of websites for health professionals, but I don't actually love designing custom websites for people that are just getting started because you might kind of change who your niche is in a couple of years Uh and you're still growing, you're still changing, you're still learning things um, when you're just graduating from school. So I think investing in a custom website right away might not be the best use of your money at that time. It might be better to DIY a website and go with, um, you know, a WordPress theme, the Squarespace theme, or even a Wix website or something like that. Um, Just so that you have a website up, you can start creating content, which I think is the most important part when you're just starting. So that way you've got a website, you've got somewhere to send people, you're looking professional and everything like that. And then later on, you can invest in that custom website when
1: you're really clear on who your ideal client is.
0: Is that kind of sure. what you think too? I know I got kind of ramble.
1: on. <laughs> no, no, it was perfect. Um, and I'm sure your listeners hear you talk about this all the time. Um, is it necessary? I think so. Yes. And I have the exact same opinion on on what kind of website you should have and when. Um, mm-hmm. Because it is like your online business card, right? And so you want, um, I'm going to say this quickly, is that like there's a big difference between a a nutrition website and a nutrition business website. So, you know, a nutrition website is something that you start because you like being creative, you like to share food pictures, you've had a blog, um, maybe you're interested in just sharing who you are and what you're doing. Um, and that's very different than having a nutrition business that's selling a service or a product. And, and so I think you can have, like you said, a nutrition website, um, that is like a one pager that it can still be a nutrition business website when you first start out. Like you could have the one pager that sells your services, but don't dump the money into a custom design straight away. A domain name, you know, is cheap. It's what, like 10 to 20 bucks max. Um,
0: right. Exactly. And,
1: and, and so stay, if you've got a business name, snag your domain name, um, go through Wix, like you said, or WordPress. They're pretty easy to use, honestly, um, once you get the hang of it. And there's lots of templates that you can buy, and so um, you can kind of just or themes they're called, right? Mm-hmm, Not templates. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, same type of thing. <laughs> same thing. Um, yeah, and just making sure that you are, you know, having that kind of online presence so that people, you know, when they when they meet you in person or you know, they find you on social media, they have somewhere to land on the internet. Um, But um, yeah, I think it just depends on where you are in your journey. And if you are, you know, getting really busy and you have that one pager and you think it's time to settle into something more professional, um, you know, you've got your newsletter signups kind of all like, figured out and you've got a bit of a following and, and all of that stuff, I think then it's time to kind of dive into a more professional website that can really keep building that momentum for you.
0: Right. Exactly. A website that kind of grows with your business so that, you know, as you continue to change and create new things, as we all do as entrepreneurs, that your website will continue to like work with your business and, and grow with you.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, you know, having that presence and making sure that you're really clear, like you said, you you hit the nail on the head with like, making sure you know your story, you know, your niche and all of that stuff. Because I'm, you know, I've been working with a couple clients lately myself um, on their website and and kind of design material and they've had, you know, People come to them, unfortunately, and say they they don't understand what their website is. And the sad part of this is, is that they've been working with professionals. And so Mm -hmm. if you do decide to go down that route is, you know, working with somebody who truly understands how to make a sales page, someone like yourself or, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, no worries. Um, Somebody, you know, uh, somebody who has a good reputation within your community, um, I think is a really important thing to touch on too, because I see a lot where they, they, oh yeah, and they spend you know thousands of dollars on these websites mm-hmm. and it still isn't really a business website. Yes, yeah.
0: I totally agree because if, if you are working with somebody, you want to make sure that they know how to uh, work with small businesses, work with nutritionists, with wellness practitioners and also can really take leads and turn them into sales, because that's sort of one of the things that your website should be doing. Everybody has different goals for their website for sure. And that's what I like to work with my clients on is whatever their goal is for their website. That's what we're going to try to accomplish. But also um, you were talking about establishing a story and making sure that's really clear. And that could have been the problem with that website, for instance, they just aren't clear on the language. Like Your copy is just as important as the design. A website can't just look pretty. It has to all work together to actually allow people to understand what you do, who you do it for, because if that's not in place, people aren't going to ever buy from you.
1: A hundred percent. And it's just going to be that... Uh, and I, I think I said this on on our other podcasts or maybe to my husband when we were talking about this, but it just isn't, it's unfortunate when they get the crickets at the end of the, mm-hmm. uh, they, they put all this work into something and their website's not set up the right way with their social media and with their um, opt-ins and all of that stuff and then they put out this wonderful thing they've created and it's just like chirping of crickets. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's really heart-wrenching for entrepreneurs. And that's often, you know, if you have gone this far, it's it can be the, the stopper. It can be that one of the things that stops you from continuing on your your journey um, in entrepreneurship or in business.
0: Right, because if you just launch that first time and you hear nothing, you could get discouraged at that point, for sure.
1: hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't want to say like that's uh, just because you work with a professional that you're going to get a hundred sign ups on your first day, you know, but if you do the work ahead of time, you can have good success. We started our social media platforms before we even started developing. um, And you know, the, the story between H and H even changed as we went along and the way we called our, our, um, handles and all of that stuff changed. But the, the point is, is that we started, uh, a year, I want to say like over a year and a bit, um, before we even launched Mm -hmm. and we had all these things set up. So we had the web, the website set up, we had social media, we had our Facebook group going and, you know, when it did come time to launch, we had 300 signups. Um, you know, for our free membership, uh, which was really exciting for us. Like it was our free membership, but it meant that all the work that we were doing was actually working and that felt really good. And that I think is why I kind of carry forward that, you know, start before you're done kind of uh, mentality.
0: Yes, exactly. And it's kind of that whole a lot of people say have that saying like build it and they will come. Unfortunately, with like a website, you can't just build the website and just do that step to launch your business because if you don't have that social media and that marketing in place, like you did beforehand, then you are a lot more likely to launch to crickets, no matter how great your website is, because you're not Absolutely. sending traffic there.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's very different. Um, it's a very different market than it was like I feel like ten years ago, even. Um, in the sense that, and I saw this a lot in the car business, actually, was people can shop online now. And so they're looking at, you know, 10, 15 different places before they come to you. And this is relevant in any industry, I want to say, like, whether it's the car industry, the food industry, the the um, um, nutrition industry, wherever it is that you're working, um, is that they, they are looking for the perfect thing um, before they even contact you. And so if they are contacting you, you can almost assume that it's a pretty hot lead. We call them hot leads um, because they've probably already done their market research and they've already done the, the kind of grunt work before. It's not like they see a sign on a business, um, you know, in their small town now and they're like, Oh, that's the only option. I'm going to go see blow Joe. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're, they're really looking for somebody who, uh, whose story resonates with them, whose, um, personality, whose um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: th- that you can solve their problem. And, and I think those are all the things that, you know, your website need to be really clear on the minute that they land on the page you know or at least on your sales page they know yes. that you're going to be able to um i can't say prevent or fix their problem but at least guide them down the journey of getting to that point we can't say prevent a nutrition or sorry cure or whatever but we uh-huh. can help solve their pain points
0: yeah you no know, i I agree. It's just really important to have the whole process in place so that, um, your website is just needs to be really crystal clear
1: on, on, you
0: know, who you're helping and and how you're doing it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think like, if, if I was to say, we talked about like where to put your money when starting your business. Um, and I think something that's been coming up a lot lately for nutritionists is like, should I be part of an association? And my, my, take on it depending on the school you go to you might be part of it for the first year or whatever but where you should put your money is um definitely in the insurance uh definitely on your web like website when you're ready but insurance is really all you need to start and maybe that one page website which shouldn't cost you very much to to make yourself right and then just um canva you know like Mm -hmm get on that canva board right, and just, for social like, media graphics and things like yeah, that you can do so much with canva it's unbelievable and then you know having like a video editor on your computer too might be really handy um but really that's all that it costs you know other than the banking and registration for the business name it's it's mm-hmm. not a lot of money so um yeah if you don't have a lot of money um it's, it's one of, these are like kind of the five steps that'll get you going without, you know, breaking the bank when you're just coming out of school.
0: Yes, I completely agree. You don't want to kind of put in a ton of money right at the beginning. You want to keep it, keep it simple and really invest in the most important things that are going to move your business forward. And then you can continue to invest as your business grows.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Just having those really key tools in place and, and focusing on, social media and the the one page website too, I think is really helpful.
1: Precisely. Yeah. We're definitely on the same page as that for sure. Oh,
0: and another thing I think if you did want a website, that's a little bit bigger, you could have a theme or something like that for sure for this, but, um, is content like creating content on your website. Do you recommend like blogging or podcasting, you
1: know, maybe making YouTube videos or something
0: like that for content?
1: for sure i think that um youtube's really kind of morphing and becoming like tv in a way and so um the more video you can have out that's how we digest it now too you know not it's like the newspaper used to be right like everybody got a newspaper to their house and they sat down and they read it not everybody is sitting down and, and reading blog posts now. I mean, I still do. And there's still a lot of us who do, but I think it's changing a lot to how we digest the, the material that we're putting out there. And so, uh, you know, for me today, for instance, I'm listening to a, um, a summit and I'm not, I'm not watching it. I'm listening to what they're saying and I'm painting at the same time kind of thing. And so I think people are really turning to, um, their phones and silent phones. So if you can have video with wording, even it's that much better, but it's just um, everybody's on their phone. So if you can make it as captivating as possible, um, podcasting, absolutely. If you have a, you know, Sean has a really good podcast for his um, upside strength, his personal training. We started podcasts, you and I, and I think it's a great way of getting that information out there. I don't think everybody necessarily needs to do it. But doing videos like this or webinars or um, even guest uh, appearances on podcasts, if you can, or guest posts, those are all things that we do recommend for sure, because it's a way to get your name out to a different audience um, and also a great way to build content too, because you can take snippets of those videos and use it as mini, um, mini tips and stuff on your social media. So I do agree with that on, in terms of like podcasts, videos, Mm -hmm. YouTube, what was the other one that you asked about? (laughs)
0: Um, I think those were all of them, podcasts, video, YouTube. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. You want to be creating some kind of content, whatever content, I guess, maybe you, are most excited to create something you can actually stick with.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's quality over quantity. I think, you know, um, I do think that if I kind of take the approach in my personal consulting business and then also the holistic nutrition hub, um, if I can do one thing on my business per day, I feel accomplished. So if that means that I've created a quote on Canva and I have put it out to the world, Mm -hmm. I've done my, my due diligence that, um, you know, if, if I'm feeling too overwhelmed and too busy, then cool. I've done one thing per day. But, right. um, I definitely do think that, um, blogging is a way to, cause that, I think was the last one, but like, um, these are just great ways of you getting more content and being able to put out, um, your story and what you're doing and, and letting people, you know, around the world, see what you're doing and not necessarily just in your community. Um, area.
0: Yeah. Allowing them to connect with your story
1: and exactly. um,
0: Yeah. And and you're helping them to, you're really building that authority.
1: Right. Exactly. And blog posts, I think, um, I mean, blog posts can come later on if you're not a big writer or whatever, but if, um, if you're building like a group program or a subscription based business, I definitely think blogs are super important because, it is going to drive traffic and if you can even understand just basic SEO you know from the back end of Mm -hmm. WordPress or whatever um, you are going and doing again research on topics you know what are people writing about what are they not writing about and Mm Knowing that, um, yes, sometimes having a catchy title is going to bring the people that you're looking for to your website. So um, I think that can come later on, but I do think blogging can be um, a great way for you to not only be creatively expressive, but also share um, your knowledge and drive traffic in a different way. Yeah,
0: that's really, that's a really good point. And, um, I like what you said too earlier, (laughs) this is a little while ago, but about people digesting things more on their phones now versus, um, you know, sitting at their computer and reading a blog post, like maybe they were five years ago or so, like a lot of people were reading blog posts then, um, But blog posts are still really important for SEO. And I think that can be helpful. Another thing you could do if you do want to do more like podcasts or YouTube videos is you could still post those things in sort of a blog format on your website and then talk about what happened in that episode so that you can kind of take advantage of some of that
1: SEO hundred percent. That's what Sean does on our website. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do all the editing for our podcast and I post it on YouTube and I understand that we do these things, but I always right. forget about all the things that we do on our website because it's definitely, um, the business setup side is definitely my forte. And then Sean takes on the website SEO side. So he's definitely more of the marketing guy, but yeah, we do the same thing. We put up, um, you know, a picture of our, of our guest and what happened mm-hmm. and, um, then you can share, you know, like clips of the of the video you recorded and what happened, and it's just a great way to actually create content. Um, yeah. And once you get the hang of it, it really only takes, you know, fifteen minutes, I think, to create. You can have a template that you just kind of change the information on and and mm-hmm. just pump it out pretty quickly. So it's a good way, I think, of just yeah driving traffic and getting your name out there. And yeah, again, a way for you to to be creative too, which I think is really important for entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. Having a little creativity in your business, um, especially if it's for your business too. Like um, I like what you were saying earlier about doing one thing a day for your business, because a lot of times we can get caught up in, in client work all day long and working with other people and helping other people. But to grow our businesses too, we need to be focused on, you know, whatever our goal is too as entrepreneurs
1: hundred percent. I always feel like if I haven't done that one thing or I haven't done anything, like I'm failing at my business. So <laughs> that's kind of the rule that I made for myself just so that I can cut that story super short. Like, yep, Lynn, shut up. You've done the one thing enough. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Even if it's just a post on social media or something, just doing the one thing.
1: <laughs> exactly. The one thing. And, and you know what I'm starting to realize? Um, so I just kind of don't into working full-time on the hub you know when COVID hit um, mm-hmm. and uh, what I'm really realizing now is that these one things are really starting to add up you know I'm having it, it, it is coming all of the work that I've put in over the last like you know well five years obviously but the the hard one thing that I've done a day <laughs> you know is, is actually coming back to um, you know paying dividends you know people are I I put out something, you know, let's talk about you and I, for instance, I wrote to you and then it took a couple months for you to get back to me, right? But Yeah, because I was a a maternity leave. Yeah, Yeah. you had a baby, so (laughs) totally okay. Um, But, you know, those are the one things that I would do. I, like, look for, you know, people I can collaborate with or, you know, connecting with, um, this kind of goes into, like, the networking side of things, but Mm -hmm. connecting with other entrepreneurs and, and just trying to build each other up in that sense too. And, um, yeah, it, it really does work, uh, but you have to be patient.
0: Right. Yeah. I totally agree. And that brings up a really good point of talking to other people within your industry, building those connections, you know, community over competition and really fostering those relationships. That's going to also help to, to grow your business. And those can be your one thing that you do for the day. You can just reach out to three people on Instagram and you know, leave meaningful comments or, you know, say something, talk to them in the DMs or something like that. That's something you can do to help build your business up and build those connections and, and grow too.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and before you know it, like they're going to be either recommending you or they're going to be coming to you as a client themselves. And so I think it's um when you said, you know, like competition, um, that's something I guess I I I think there's a lot of in nutrition and we kinda feel like, oh well, you know, if Sally's doing this over here, there's no way that I can do that too. But the truth is is like there's so many people in the world and if you market yourself right and your story is your story and it's um, you know, kind of being spoken from the heart, you're gonna you're gonna have as much as you need. Um so I really do take that approach, you know, even Uh, I'll use, you know, the holistic nutrition hub versus practice better, for instance, Um, you know, we're similar, we're a platform, you know, based kind of subscription company, but our stories are very different. Our clientele is very different. And um, that's just part of knowing our niche and knowing our thing, but also not ever saying like, for me, like, I'm not ever going to say, yeah, practice better is worse than us, or, you know, this is what I need, or what you should use, you know, the hub is better kind of thing. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's just not worth it. In, in the end, in my opinion, to have that competition, it doesn't sit right with me. Um, Practice better has their thing and we have our thing. And, and, I think entrepreneurs really need to continue kind of having that community based mindset for sure.
0: Yes, I totally agree. You don't want to be having to like put others down to lift yourself up. And I'm the same with other website designers. There's plenty of other website designers out there. And I'm not gonna ever like say, Oh, you should definitely go with me over another person. I think there's space for everybody out there,
1: you know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it it does it does come down to like personality and um, you know, who you who you think would resonate with you most when you choose to work with these other people. And um Mm -hmm. yeah, your clients are often the same as the clients like uh, I think it just adds a level of professionalism especially in an industry like with holistic nutrition for instance that is not like a regulated body necessarily in Canada um, you can become registered with you know associations and stuff like that but um, because we you know do have competition which is horrible between the dietitians in Canada and the nutritionists uh, or the holistic mm, nutritionists yeah. You know, like for me, um, you know, if if we can band together as holistic practitioners and and people aren't seeing us fighting between each other, Mm -hmm. yeah, very, (laughs) you know, it, it, um, yeah, it will help. You know, give a level of um, professionalism and integrity to the industry as well.
0: Yes, I completely agree. Kind of um, banding together as an industry can really help to create that cohesive feel.
1: Precisely. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess we kind of went off on a little tangent there, not talking about websites anymore, but also very important stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Sorry.
0: No, no, no. I loved it. I love all the tangents. (laughs) I do that too. Clearly I went off on it, Um, but I guess getting back to websites, was there anything else on websites? since that was the final final item
1: (laughs) I don't think so I think that that pretty much covered like I said like the basics of um, you know what you need to kind of start your business and um, you know once these things are kind of covered then start digging into the other nuts and bolts that um, they kind of layer on each other like an onion I would say
0: Yes. I, I love that. I completely agree. You kind of need to have each one in place and they sort of go in a little order <laughs> and that it, it all leads to
1: a business at the end. A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming onto the go-to wellness pro podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I know this episode is going to be really helpful for those listening. Um, but before we close up, where can uh, we learn more about you online?
1: Yeah. So we, like I said, have a social media presence on Instagram. You can find us at holistic N hub um, on Instagram. We have our website um, www.holisticnutritionhub.ca. And then on Facebook um, we have the holistic nutrition hub community as well that you can hop into. And um, yeah, we have loads of free resources for nutritionists who are just starting out or are anywhere on their kind of journey in um, business. We have a free business course coming out and we do cover these topics, but many more, including, you know, finding your niche business math, um, your goal setting for starting your business, uh, networking, marketing, social media, all of those things, but in a lot more depth. And so um, if you really are looking for a good head start on where to begin your business, that would be an amazing place for you to check out. And um, Mm -hmm. we're happy to have collaborated with a lot of other professionals in the industry, you know, to really just help um, bring different viewpoints and um, knowledge from everybody kind of walking the same path as we are.
0: That's amazing. That's going to be such a helpful resource. Do you know kind of around when that's going to be ready to go? Yeah.
1: So I think I'm going to do a soft launch around the end of August. And so, um, okay. yeah, maybe, um, it should be done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It should be, should be up then by the time mm. this podcast goes exactly. live. So definitely make sure you check that out and I'll link to it in the show notes then. Cause it, it will be up. by Brilliant. Then. Yeah. I would love that. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank
0: you so much for listening to today's episode. For more episodes, show notes, and to learn more about working with me, head to julesdesign.co. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a couple minutes to head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you're not already, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, sending lots of love and support, and I'll see you next week.